Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about players that you should not draft. If you draft these players, your girlfriend will dump you. You will have bad luck for the rest of the year. Your team will lose in the first round of the NBA playoffs and you will trip over and fall and land on your face tomorrow. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, today, like we said at the top of the show, guys, we are talking about players you should not draft. Do not draft these players. Even if they're a pick 100, do not draft them. Obviously, that is overkill. Now, we are talking about players. If you haven't seen the must-draft players, which dropped yesterday, we're looking at the reverse, so looking through every single round from rounds two, I shouldn't say every single round, from rounds two to round 10, and looking at the players that I think are going too high, and that I think are players that you should be avoiding at those spots based on average draft positions, and we're looking at that for each of the major three fantasy basketball sites, ESPN, Yahoo, and Fantrax. So that's what we're doing today, guys. Now, disclaimer again. Everyone is draftable at a certain point, depending on what you are looking for, depending on what format you are in. I should mention that this video today is for category leagues. We will be doing a separate video for points leagues in the future. So today's video only applies for category leagues. Um, I'm focusing mostly on the head-to-head side, but you can also look at Roto for these players as well. But just keep in mind that for the most part, I am talking head-to-head leagues and um, the different strategies that are involved in that. So with all that being said, remember everyone is draftable at a certain point, but these players, I think, are going too high. Let's talk round two. Over on Yahoo, Mikhail Bridges is going at 19.2. Now, I know a lot of you are big Mikhail Bridges fans. He is someone that is quite popular this season. He absolutely did have a breakout last season when he moved over to Brooklyn. That is correct. However, I just don't think that he has any ability to beat this projection, beat this average draft position. I also am not someone that values... The you know argument that he is someone that 
played every game last season and, um, you know, he's going to play every game this season. Yes, he is uh, durable and we, we can be feel confident he's not carrying an injury or anything like that right now. That's fine. But just because you've played 83 games and 82 games the game before, the, day, uh, the year before, 72, doesn't guarantee that you're going to play that again this season. So I want to just rebut that argument straight off the bat that it's fine, it's not a negative, but I don't see it as this huge positive for us to be pushing him up the rankings. I would view it as if you look at someone who is clearly injury prone or someone who has got nagging injuries, I would bump them down, but I'm never one to bump someone up because they are durable, especially in a head-to-head league. You are not... um, just putting this person on the on the bench and not putting anything else in. If he is out, you're going to put someone else in and um, take that over. And again, in a head-to-head league, when we're talking about one-week sample size, if he's there for that week, that's great. He's not going to give you... The totals value doesn't actually matter in fantasy basketball playoffs. So just want to get that off the bat. But again, when we talk about when he went to Brooklyn last season, the last two months, he put up 26 points, four and a half rebounds, 2.7 assists, one steal, 0.6 blocks on decent enough shooting from the field, 47.5 and 89%. The free throws is very nice. But all that, and he was the 24th ranked player per game. So I think that's basically as good as we're going to get this season. Um, so I think at best, he's like the 24th, 25th ranked player. Now, there are a few riskier guys around this point, and maybe that is the reason he's going this high. But, you know, as we talked about um, later, uh, sorry, in the previous podcast in the must draft list, so players like Jaron Jackson Jr., sometimes someone like um, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, these guys are going at some points later than a player like Mikael Bridges, and I just can't get behind Bridges ahead of any of those players. He's okay at the turn, but I'm not reaching ahead of some of those really dominant per-game guys to get a player like Mikael Bridges because he's safe. ESPN, again, we're going we're gonna to rip on ESPN a lot this podcast. I'm sorry if you play on ESPN and you love it and you think it's the best website. I just don't. I think it's where more casual players go. But again, if you are playing on ESPN, we're going to tell you the players not to draft this point for categories and you are going to dominate if any of your players, any of your league mates play on that format and do look at those average draft positions and draft off that. You're going to go in and smash it um, if you watch this video in its entirety and watch yesterday's video in its entirety. But LeBron James, 14.2, garbage. Do not draft him in the second round. He can be a third-round player. He's probably someone that on the back end of the third, start of the fourth round, I'm happy to take. He is here because in a points league, he is essentially a first-round guy in their scoring format. Um, and in a first-round guy with the age that he is, you take him in the second, and he's got upside still, even if he misses games. In a category league, he's just simply not that good. He was like mid-20s last year. He's 39 years old, guys. He's the oldest player in the NBA now. Um, 65 games would be an incredible result for him. Um, so I just think at 14, that is just a waste of your draft pick, and you've got so many other better options. Fan tracks. James Harden, 18.7, I still think is a bit high for me. I think that people might be, and again, this could age well, it could age horribly. I'm recording this on Monday, the 9th of October. Not sure exactly when this is going to go down, but I am not buying that James Harden is going to be playing much for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, maybe he starts there. Maybe he, he is there for the beginning of the season, but I don't think it's going to age very well. And if he is someone that finds himself on the Clippers at some point, he will not return this value. He will take a hit to his usage. He will take a hit to his free throw volume, which is one of his big strengths. His assists will also likely come down. So 
I think that's someone who is an older player. He's had a few soft tissue injuries the last few seasons as well. There's uncertainty. I am just not willing to take him in the second round at this point yet because there are other better players that I feel more confident in grabbing him here. I would rather at this point draft Kawhi Leonard than a James Harden. I have more faith in Kawhi Leonard being healthy right now, participating fully in training camp, playing preseason games, than I do a James Harden because I just don't know what to expect from him and what team he's going to play for and when he's going to be on that team. So I think that he is someone who is overrated and I would not be taking him in the second round yet. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Let's talk about the third round on Yahoo. Pascal Siakam has an ADP of 29.3. Again, if we want to talk about points leagues, that is a perfect spot to grab him. But in a category league, he has a lot of deficiencies. He doesn't um, shoot a lot of threes. He doesn't steal the ball or get blocks. His field goal and free throw percentage are both below average. He turns the ball over a lot, if you care about that. He's a good scorer. He's, well, he's a, he's a decent scorer. At this point, he's probably about average compared to other guys going around the same spot. And he's a he's a pretty good guy for assists, especially someone who is a center-eligible player on Yahoo. So that is definitely a tip in his favor. But last year, he was in the 40s. I know Bruns, sorry, I know Van Vliet is not not there this season, but I don't think that that really helps Pascal Siakam all that much. I think that again, there's 
pretty shit vibes going on in Toronto, especially surrounding Siakam and, you know, the trade rumors that were there in the offseason. I think he would love to be traded from this team. And if he went anywhere else, I think he would take a hit to his value. He also doesn't have a crazy coach putting him out there for 38 minutes a game. I think, I'm pretty sure he led the NBA in minutes per game last season. That has nowhere to go but down. And even if he loses just, you know, two or three minutes per game, that does affect his um, averages, I believe. And at 29, you've got really nothing but downside, I think, from there. So I would not be drafting him in the third round. ESPN, DeMar DeRozan. What are we doing, guys? Um... Look, I'm not a DeRozan hater by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think, again, as an older player, he started to slow down a little bit more in the second half of last season. We saw Levine take more of the offense. Um, there's already talks about them trying to be more creative on the offensive side of the ball and take a little bit more away from Vooch, Levine, and DeRozan and spread the love a little bit more. Um, words from the coach. And that's all that DeRozan does, really. He, he just scores, scores efficiently. He gets assists. No threes, low steals, no blocks. Um, he's not a great rebounder. He's okay, but his whole game relies on him having a really high usage, and I think that that is going to slowly trend down um, and could fall a, a decent chunk this season. So, again, nothing but downside. Fan tracks, Darren Fox, 30.6. is too high, man. Um, he shot an unbelievable finishing at the rim percentage last season, shot over 50% from the field. I think that, again, has nowhere to go but down. Um, I like Darren Fox. I was, for the last two seasons, the biggest Darren Fox advocate. Even when he was bad, I was like, let's get Darren Fox in the 40s. Let's do it. But now that we're getting him in the 30s, the early 30s, I think it's too far. I think he's definitely someone who's fine to get in the 40s, especially if you're punting the threes or punting the uh, free throw percentage. He's great. But just because he's a bad free throw percentage shooter doesn't mean you have to draft him You know, ahead of the other guys that are good free throw percentage shooters there are guys who are good free throw percentage shooters that are going to be better than him in other categories. So I think that at 30.6, it is too high for uh, on fan tracks for Darren Fox. Let's talk the fourth round here. On Yahoo, Jalen Brown, and it pains me to say this because I am, as you guys, well, some of you guys might know, a big, big Celtics fan, but Jalen Brown has an average draft position of 36.7. I believe he's ranked on Yahoo at about the same spot as well. And I just don't really know how he is going to return this value at all. He is a guy who scores a lot, which is great. Again, we talk about statistical scarcity. That's fine. But last season, he was the 48th ranked player on a nine-category setting. So you're already expecting him to jump up, what, 12 spots, 11 spots per game. And you've got Kristaps Porzingis joining this team. You've got Drew Holiday joining this team. And who's leaving? Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, Malcolm Brogdon. That's a clear upgrade in offense and a clear increase in players' usage responsibilities. So I think that even though Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are still going to be the number one and two guys, they are going to lose some shots. They are probably going to lose some playmaking responsibility. At least Brown will lose it before Tatum does. I just think that there's no real possibility of him returning this value at all. And he's probably got maybe 15 to 20 spots to fall from this. And the, you know, big scoring numbers, and I know that I preach, um, you know, statistical scarcity and that, but the big scoring numbers at this point is not worth the lack of other things in his game. I think there are still other scoring guys that you can get around this spot that don't have the, um, you know, you know deficiencies in their game like Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Brown does. Um, so I think that at 37, 
he is too high. Paolo Boncaro is man. This is clearly a points league thing. Even in a points league, this is on the higher end of things. But in a category league, I don't care what you're punting. I don't care, you know, about statistical scarcity. There is no world that you are drafting Paolo Boncaro this high. Absolutely no world. Sure, if you want him and he's perfect for your build, you can take him at pick 60. That's fine. He won't even rank that high, but I get that. That makes more sense to me. At 37, you've got so many other options, so many other guys. Like, take Pascal Siakam. Take him before before Apollo Bogaro. He will do the exact same thing, but just better, more assists. He's proven it before. There are so many other options at this point. The opportunity cost that you're giving up by taking Paolo Bocaro at this point is absolutely crazy. So I don't need to explain that one too much, I don't think. Fantrax, it's my guy, Nikola Vucevic. Now, I could have had Vucevic on the Yahoo thing, and I did until Yahoo updated their rankings, and Yahoo has now put Vucevic at 51, which I still think is a little high, but it's definitely much better. Vucevic, average of 40, and again, don't throw the top 10 on in... um in totals rankings at me. I will just not listen to that. Totals rankings are nonsense when you're trying to evaluate a player beforehand. It's great looking back, and if you knew what was going to happen and you knew he was going to provide totals value, then sure, you can draft him high and you will get that value. And even then, it's more of a roto thing that we need to be aware of. In head-to-head leagues, it's important about if they're injured, but also when they're injured as well. We don't know either of those things for Vucevic, so I don't, I'm don't. i not putting stock into that. He's 33 years old. The past three seasons, his shot attempts have been going down. In 2021, he shot 20 field goal attempts, then went to 15.8. Last season, went down again to 13.1. The only reason his value stayed up high is because his field goal percentage went from, in the previous three seasons, 47, 47, 47, last year, 52 So he jumped five percentage points in his field goal, which just seems completely out of nowhere. Um, He also jumped up in his free throw percentage when the year before he was at 76%. So both his uh, percentages went way up. Um, And I think even if that just regresses, not even to back where it was at that 47, which it basically was for three seasons in a row, even if it comes back to 49, and again, we expect a little bit of a hit to his, um, a little bit of a hit to his usage again this season, it just spells really bad things for Vucevic. And in a head-to-head league especially, he's a good rebounder, but everything else is average or below average. And I think when you're building on strengths, he is a guy that really suffers in that minus one ranking. Now, if you want to build a punt blocks team or a punt field goal percentage team and you still want to look after your rebounds and you want a player who can give you some assists, shoot some threes and not hurt from the free throw line, I get it. He's a safe player and you can draft him around that spot You know, at 50 I think that's okay. It's still not my favorite, but it's okay. But at this point, at 40, you know, you've got players that are, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Miles Turner, uh, Victor Wembanyama at that sort of a spot. Players who just have more defined strengths that I think provide things that you cannot get later in a draft. I just always much prefer those types of players. Um, I'd much rather get some more scoring, some higher um, assist guys at this sort of point in the draft, get my big guys later. Even if I get some guys who are more volume free throw shooters and cop the hit in my free throw percentage later, I think that's a better way to go about it because you're building those strengths in points and assists and free throws early. Um, and you don't necessarily want to grab a guy here, which I just really don't think on a per-game basis is going to return that value. But a lot of people will disagree on me with that one. That was one of the more debated ones when I put out the bus video. I still stand by it, and I think that at 40, it is about 15 to 20 spots too high. 
Let's talk the fifth round. Scotty Barnes makes the list for both Yahoo and Fantrax. He's going at 54 on Yahoo and about 56 on Fantrax. And actually, in the most recent Yahoo rankings, Scotty Barnes really caught my eye because Yahoo has pushed him all the way up to 44 on their preseason ranks, which I think is craziness. Absolutely craziness. Now, before anyone comments this, yes, I did draft Scotty Barnes at pick 60. Pick 61 in the Ball Boys Championship 30 League. A few reasons why that is a little bit different to when I'm talking about standard leagues. In a 30-team league, the next pick I had was 58 picks away. So I was not getting a chance to take another guy until the 58 picks. So at that point, categorical scarcity comes into it a lot more than a normal 12-team league. So I was really prioritizing guys who could score and get me assists and do it on decent efficiency that fit my build. But even that was what, seven spots higher than this and 15 spots or 17 spots higher than when he's ranked on Yahoo. So in a standard league, I really think that Scotty Barnes at this point is going too high. He was the 88th ranked player last season. And remember, he was outside the top 100 after Jakob Pertl came onto this team. His rebounds went down. His field goal percentage went down. His blocks went down. Keep that in mind. I know we're getting excited about point um, Scotty and... To be fair, he could reach this number. There is there is a world where he reaches there's a world where he beats this number. I get it. I get it. But you are taking all the upside out of it and you are leaving yourself open for someone to really disappoint you. This is about where we were drafting him last year and he was a big disappointment. Now we're pretty much just going back at it the same thing. And I think this season he will be better. I do think he improves, but I don't think he improves this much. And again, I don't want to draft him where I think his ceiling is in case he is not there, which I think there's a very decent chance. On ESPN, again, just absolute craziness. Spencer Dinwiddie, 57. What are we doing? Um, just what are we doing? Uh, I know he was good when he went to Brooklyn, but that was with Ben Simmons coming off the bench, and I don't think that's going to happen. His assists were crazy high. That's not happening with Ben Simmons running the point guard. And again, just... Not a guy you're drafting before pick 100 in a category league. Just not interested in it at all. Before we go on to round six, guys, just a reminder, if you haven't already, go and check out ballboysmba.com. If you have a draft coming up, I would highly recommend checking out our season guide so you can get your uh, access to my 150, top 150 rankings in points and category leagues, my projections for the top 250 players, which gives you 9-cat, 8-cat, minus 1, uh, Yahoo points, ESPN points, and all of the stats projected for the top 250 players for this season. And you also get my top 250 dynasty rankings with comments on every single player, as well as their strengths and weaknesses. If you are a dynasty manager, that is definitely one that you should go and check out. We've got fantasy articles, including my favorite punt guides, uh, punt um, strategies this season. And also during the season, we'll be doing some exclusive live Q&As or Q&As for um, members over there. So go and sign up. You've got two options. Go and check it out, guys. If you have any questions, email me at ballboysmba. Uh, sorry, at ballboysmba at gmail.com. If you have any questions or issues with your membership, um, go and check it out, ballboysmba.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's talk the sixth round. Over on Yahoo, we've got Brook Lopez. Now, he obviously had a great season last year. He had a age 34 breakout. It's um, not common, but we did see it last year. The reason that happened, his blocks went way up, his minutes went way up, his usage went way up compared to the previous seasons. But this season, I think you can expect that, that those minutes to come back down. He averaged 30.4 minutes per game. I think you're going to see that closer to sort of 28, 27 minutes per night, which is where he was the previous couple of seasons before that. So he obviously had a, a season where he played 13 games, 23 minutes. That's obviously unrealistic. But the two seasons prior, 27 minutes, 27 minutes. I think that's more where we expect him to be. And in those seasons, he averaged 2.4 and 1.5 blocks. In the year that he averaged 2.4 blocks, he was the 46th ranked player. In the year that he averaged 1.5 blocks, he was the 82nd ranked player. And again, I actually think that his usage is going to go down even further because you've got now Damian Lillard on this team as well. So Lillard's going to take shots away from Lopez, away from Portis, away from Middleton, and it's going to be the Giannis and Lillard show for the most part. So I think that he is, even at 66, I know we've taken him back from what he did last year. But again, we talk about blocks overvaluing players. And when you're someone like Brook Lopez, who, yes, he's good and efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over. I get it. But he really is not someone that does much else outside of block shots. Um, you know, some rebounds, some field goal percentage doesn't hurt you anywhere. But he doesn't help you anywhere either. His assists and steals are very poor. And I think his scoring is going to take a big dive as well. So him at 66, I still think is too high. Not terrible, but still too high. ESPN, CJ McCollum, 68.6. Is this 2020? What are we doing? CJ McCollum is just not that good anymore. He played a lot of games last year where Zion and Brandon Ingram weren't uh, there. And he was only the 86th ranked player. So 20 spots improvement with both of those guys back into the into the team. His field goal percentage is poor. His free throw percentage is poor. He doesn't rebound, doesn't block shots, doesn't get steals. He still turns the ball over a fair bit. I think his assists are going to go down with Zion apparently healthy. Um, I just, there's no room that CJ McCollum meets this mark. 
improves on this mark. He's only got downside from here. At least 20 spots of downside, probably more, probably 30, 40 spots of downside. Now, in a points league, it's better. Again, ESPN points leagues. But remember, if you're drafting on ESPN for a category league, that is a dumb average draft position. Fantrax, I've highlighted Jama Rant here. At 67.6, I think it's too early for category leagues. Um, he is someone that I do think his ranking, especially from a uh, nine-category sense, doesn't represent really his value. So he was the 89th ranked player in nine-category league. I, I wouldn't value him there. I still think in a if he was healthy to start the season, I'd probably say he's a top 50, probably a top 40 player in category leagues, or he should be drafted there because... 26 points per game and 8 assists per game is extremely valuable. It is uh, very hard to get those two things in one player. So I do think that his ranking doesn't suggest or doesn't capture his value to your fantasy team. But he's missing the first 25 games at least. He is also someone who misses games a fair chunk of the time with knee and ankle issues. Um, And I just don't think you really need to reach for him at this point. Um, I really think you could probably wait another... 10, 15 spots. If he's exactly what you need and you're in like a roto league, for example, but even in a roto league, you're probably not punting as much. So I think he is just a tough one to hold on to. In a weekly changes league, let's let's say that in a weekly changes league, it's better because you're not using your entire bench and you've got sort of 10 players there. So I understand it a little bit more from a weekly changes uh, league point of view if he fits what you want. But in a um, daily changes league, which is what most leagues are, I think it's probably 15 or 20 spots too early before where I'd want to draft him because, again, he does have deficiencies. But, again, missing 25 games at least is is tough and you will be putting yourself behind the eight ball at that spot. Like, that's still... What is that? The sixth round? Yeah, the sixth round. Like, you're still drafting really good players at that point. And I just don't think Jar is that much better than the players that you would be drafting there anyway for you to justify the big hit early in the season that you're going to take. Um, I'd, I'd rather wait another couple of rounds, I think. All right, in the seventh round, Yahoo has Jalen Green at 78. And I just can't get around this player. I've, I've been not the biggest fan of Jalen uh, Green since his draft year. I've kind of been willing to sort of accept that he is still young and he can improve and things like that. But at the point now where I just, I need to see it first because I think he's at risk of becoming a bit of an RJ Barrett. And we know RJ Barrett was the third pick in the draft. I think Jalen Green is better. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a better talent and I think he, he will develop more of a better fantasy game than an RJ Barrett. But he has that kind of thing about him where he scores. He does hit threes, which is nice. But he really doesn't do a lot else. Like 3.7 assists is okay. But you've got Fred Van Vliet and Amen Thompson coming in. Does that stay the same, go down with Kevin Porter Jr. leaving? Is that net neutral? I think that's best case scenario. It could even trend down. Um, No steals, no blocks, poor field goal, poor free throws, high turnovers, low rebounds. It's just all bad except for the points. And I think at 78 it's too early to really sacrifice all of those other things to just lock in the points. I'd much rather, and this is why I stress getting points early, because if you don't, you will have to get a player like this and you're getting a lot of pain in other areas. And I think it's too much at this point. So this is why I preach getting the good scorers early so that you can get good scoring and other stats. 
and I don't want to have to rely on getting a player like Jalen Green at 78. I think it's about 20 spots too high. ESPN, Russell Westbrook, you're drunk again. Russell Westbrook would not return this even in a points league. Um, I know I'm a Russell Westbrook hater, but... Did you see his stats last year, guys? Like, it wasn't that good. Like, he's not putting up those huge triple-double numbers anymore. I mean, what if James Harden finds his way onto this team? Like, his value is absolutely kaput at that point. Um, what did he put up? In the last, let's say the last two months, he played 30 minutes, put up 16, 5, and 7.5 and with a steal per game. Look, it's... Fine if you want to punt the free throw percentage, but I think he's a guy that you just take closer to pick 100, pick 110 um, if you really want that type of numbers. And understanding that there is risk that, again, if a trade happens with James Harden or, or something else changes, like he's 30, he's 35, like he's 35 years old um, and a player that relies on his, his athleticism, the end is going to come quite abruptly, in my opinion. Now, to his credit, he's he's held on longer than I thought he would. Um, so I've probably been a bit too harsh on him to this date. But again, at seventy eight or seventy nine, it just it's way too high. Fanchax, Derek White. Now I expect this one to be going down. He's at seventy five point seven. Obviously, we're still reacting to the trade with the Drew Holiday deal. Um, so I expect him to probably make his way to the eighties. I still think that would still be too high. I think he's more of a nineties, early one hundreds kind of a player. He still will start, but guess what? He started all of last season, or at least 72 games last season. And in that time, again, he was the 85th ranked player, but that's in 9-cat. The turnovers, 1.2 turnovers, boost that value. So in a minus 1 setting, he's more likely to be outside the top 100 at that point. You're not going to see the assist spikes, which we thought we would when Marcus Smart was out of this team. Um, your Drew Holiday is going to step in and take that role. So I think he basically repeats what he does, does last year. Maybe a slight improvement on that because I think he's going to play more minutes. Um, so instead of 28 minutes per night, I think he's probably playing more like 32, 33. So it'll be slightly better, but again, not to this point. And I think, again, he's not a very friendly head-to-head guy because he is pretty average across the board. He's got a bit of the, bit of the Tobias Harris syndrome about him. Let's go eighth round. Jonas Valanciunas makes this list for Yahoo. 94.3. Were we watching last year when Jonas Valanciunas was playing like 24 minutes a night and he was at times not a rosterable player? He was the 115th ranked player last year and that was with Zion missing as many games as he did. When Zion plays, they prefer Larry Nance as the center, someone who's a bit more mobile, someone who can run, someone who can um, play make and do a little bit else other than what Jonas Valanciunas does. He played 25 minutes a night last season. Again, he's 31 and a half years old. That is not improving, in my opinion. So even if he just repeats what he did last year, you're giving up 20 spots here. There's no upside at this point of the draft. You want players that can beat this. And Jonas Valanciunas just does not do that. I don't think he's someone you draft really until like 120, 130, because I just don't see any upside at all. ESPN, Keldon Johnson, this is a points league issue. Keldon Johnson, I expect to come off the bench. That's not confirmed. But again, in a category league, he did not return this value even close to it last year when he was the number one usage player by a wide margin. Yes, he put up 22 points. Five rebounds is okay. Two threes is okay. The assists are all right. But again, just average across the board. And I don't think he's getting 22 points a night this year. Um, I don't think he's getting 32.8 minutes this year. And even if he did, that doesn't get him to 
top 90 value. That gets him to top 120 value, top 110 value at best. Um, and I just don't think that, yeah, it's worth the risk at this point at all. Fantrax ADP for Trey Murphy is still at 85. That injury happened a while ago, guys. So I think this ADP should be far, far lower. I think he's someone that you only grab after pick 120 and you're into your bench and you can just quickly stash him on IR. And then at that point, you're not missing out on another good player that you could have drafted compared to the guy that you're picking up off the waiver wire. That's the reason that we're not drafting these guys because instead of drafting Trey Murphy at 85, you could draft someone else really good and get some really great value and you don't have to then fill that spot with a waiver wire acquisition for that time. When he comes back, he's going to be slow to ramp up. There's no guarantee he walks into a starting role of 30 minutes a night either. Like he was already a bit of a in a bit of a battle with Herb Jones in that starting role anyway. So it's not like it's, you know, someone who's just coming back in and dominating the team and yep, this is I'm back boys, let's go. Like Trey Murphy is he's good and I I like what he does and I think he's great for this team, but it <laughs> Even at this 85 spot, like it's not a slam dunk value, even if he's healthy. Um, so I, I, that's a really weird one to me that it hasn't adjusted far enough at all. Ninth round, Yahoo. It's Russell Westbrook again. I, I'm, I'm being a bit nitpicky here with him at 109.9. There wasn't too many that I really disagreed with. This is just me taking a shot at Russell Westbrook, really. Um, I see downside for him at this point, but at 109, 110, it's not the end of the world. So I'll give that this one is a bit nitpicky. ESPN, Bobby Portis at 104.6. Just don't really get that one. Again, Damian Lillard is in town. He's going to take usage from everyone. And I think that Bobby Portis is someone that needs usage to have value. He was 120th last year. And I think he really has nowhere to go but backwards from there. Um, so you're already giving up, what, 15 spots. And again, at this point in the draft, you want guys who can beat their ADP, beat their ranking, and Bobby Porters just can't do that, and he has further downside from here. Fantrax, Jonas Valanciunas, I've talked about him. I think he's guy. You, you get him 120s, 130s. Uh, I just, I'm terrified of the minutes and the, the fit with Zion. Last round, the 10th round here, Yahoo, RJ Barrett. We gave him a shout-out before, but this guy just... He just can't play fantasy basketball. And I don't think he can play basketball in general anyway. Look, fair enough. He's an NBA player. Obviously, I can't talk shit. But I think that the team was losing faith in him. I think the usage is going to start to slowly trend down over the season. They've got a lot a lot of other good wing, guard, forward options on this team. You've got players like um, Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, Quinton Grimes, uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, you've got a bunch of those guys that I think are more, that they play a better team brand of basketball. They shoot better and space the floor better. They probably even, some of them defend better than he does. And again, we've seen him in a 33, 34 minute night with a 27% usage, still be outside the top 200. I am declaring RJ Barrett just done for fantasy. I I, I don't see it anymore. I think he, I think he's never going to be a, a good fantasy player. Um, he's not even really a good point scorer anymore. Like 19 and a half points last season, it's barely above average. I, I, I just don't, I don't see him being as a draftable player this season in category leagues. I, I really don't. Um, ESPN, Kevin Huerta at 109.8. That's fine. But again, at this point of the draft, I'm chasing upside and I just don't think he's got any chance to do that. I think he can lose 
Look, he was a 90th ranked player last season, but again, nine cats, so 1.3 turnovers. He's probably more representative, like 110, which is about where he's ranked. Um, and so when you've got players like uh, Sasha Vezenkov coming onto this team, you've got guys like Malik Monk who were really good in um, a backup role. Keegan Murray's going to take another step forward. All these guys, I think, are going to you know take a half step forward. Keegan Murray maybe takes a big step forward. And I think it's going to come at the expense of Kevin Huerta, who, um, look... He probably is a top 120 guy, top 125 guy. But do you really want to draft that at 110? I, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in guys that can be top 70, top 75. Maybe there's a risk they drop you know, well below that. But at, at this point, I just think you're wanting someone better uh, and more exciting. Fantrax, I've got PJ Washington Jr. at this point. Um, I don't love the rotation over at the Hornets in the front court, especially... And PJ was a little bit of a disappointing player last year. I was quite excited and keen for what he could do. He didn't play any minutes really at center. He was the 97th ranked player, again, in nine count, 1.5 turnovers. That probably inflates the value higher than what that actually is. So, again, probably someone who's close to that 120 mark. And you're adding in Miles Bridges back into the mix. You're adding in Brandon Miller. Mark Williams is going to take another step forward, command more minutes. Um... I just don't really see much upside here from PJ. He might return this value again, but similar to the the Kevin Cueta um, pick, I just think you're kind of drafting him him at like almost best case scenario. He's he's fine, but again, I think there's better and more exciting picks at this point in the draft that I'd rather be taking. Well, that will do it for us, guys. Those are the players that you need to absolutely avoid in your drafts. Do not draft them, even if they fall on your waiver wire. Don't pick them up. Don't even look at them. Don't even put them on your watch list. Um, Let us know if you think that I have missed anyone that you think we should not draft at that ADP or rank, or if you disagree with any of my picks, drop them down in the comments. Always happy to have a polite and uh, calm rational debate about it on the internet as we always do um so let uh, let us know down in the comment section what you guys think make sure again if you haven't already guys please subscribe to the youtube channel i am on the hunt for 10,000 subscribers and if you haven't subscribed it would be very very kind of you to help me get there give this video a big thumbs up and stay tuned for plenty more fantasy content i'll catch you guys later bye say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.